Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog back with another highly requested episode. You know, I've worked with many marketing companies from digital to social, even traditional media like print, billboards, and radio. And more often than not, they suffer from a lack of creativity. For every one innovator, there are hundreds of coattail riders that attempt to emulate that trailblazer's approach or great idea. And it really waters down the end result for companies they're working with, and it damages the reputation of the industry. And it's because these people really have no idea what they're doing. And it leaves many business owners with the unenviable task of attempting to choose the right company or partner. And of course, they have no idea where to look or how to do it. Recently, our audience has been reaching out asking to hear from someone in marketing that thinks out of the box and brings unique strategies and impactful initiatives. Well, that person's my guest today, and she's none other than Kim Adolph. Now, Kim is a digital marketing consultant with over 10 years of experience and the founder of Kimberly Management, a company that designs and manages partner programs for both large and small businesses. Now, Kim has worked with a diverse group of clients, including Fab Kids, Fabletics, and Taylor Loft, Dollar Shave Club, CO Bigelow, Grand Cosmetics, IHE Hotels, Big Lots, Lucky Brand, and Virgin America, to name just a few. Now, her work includes promoting clients to hundreds of partners and overseeing the programs to ensure their ongoing success, with clients often reaching significant ROI gains within 6 to 12 months, while also reducing their customer acquisition costs relative to other online ad channels. Now, Kim also designs and executes partner marketing campaigns with an emphasis on brand awareness and demand generation across social media platforms, which is very, very important. Now, this form of partner marketing, otherwise known as influencer marketing, offers brands an innovative and effective approach to marketing and engaging their target audience through bloggers, influencers, and publishers. She uses a three-point campaign designed to drive sustainable growth and enable brands to reach targeted audience. And the result speaks volumes. I mean, she's launched over 4,000 influencer campaigns, managed 65 affiliate programs, generated billions of social media impressions, millions of engagements, and most importantly, millions of dollars in new revenue. Kim, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Hey, Brian. Thanks so much. I appreciate uh, you having me. You know, it's, it's, it's my pleasure. We've had so many people reach out to us about this very subject. They don't really understand what it is or how to utilize it, so I'm so glad you're here with us. First, I'd love to know what was the spark that led you to starting Kimberly Management? Well, I was in the industry and I um, was running affiliate marketing campaigns and the role I was in really didn't fit my style of work and that's really very detailed in terms of, you know, you set the strategy but you execute and you run through to the reporting so you can identify kind of what the success factors are. So it was just a question of, you know, being in an agency and I was exposed to it and I thought, well, you know what, I, I want to try different things. So I started Kimberly Management. That's great. That's definitely an inspiration to a lot of people out there looking to become entrepreneurs and start their own business. Now, you know, partnership marketing is one of the fastest growing marketing strategies and many business owners, they don't know what it is and they've never heard of it. What mm -hmm. is partner marketing according to you and why should people jump on board this, this train? Well, I would like, and if you don't mind, I want to talk about affiliate influencer and partner marketing because it's, it's being all melded together. And I kind of want to give you my take on it. Is, is that right with you? Well, absolutely. 
Great. So affiliate marketing, which, you know, I, I started in 10 years ago, has been traditionally more uh, driven in the purchase intent. Um, deal sites, loyalty sites, um, they started with driving traffic to these sites. They would use very strong promotions from well-known brands. Um, they would use PPC. See, they would run email capture, um, and that's how Retail Me Not became Retail Me Not, <laughs> or uh, Ebates or Rakuten became Rakuten. They just did it for you know in that way. Um, and then of course there was the bloggers. Uh, there were tech bloggers that came on onto the scene, and uh, they were great at SEO. And so they were crushing it um, when we would sign on, you know, uh, sign them on on a program. Um, and then that all kind of evolved into influencer marketing. So the traditional bloggers now had to deal with social media as a way to uh, build their audience and then of course another way of, of distributing uh, valuable content. So bloggers evolved into influencer media and then the net result is partner marketing is the evolution of affiliate marketing, uh, influencer marketing, and now partner marketing. But if you look at affiliate and influencer, the way that they are tracked and reported, most people would say they were channels. They're, they're revenue channels, they've got traffic, you can run CPC, you can run all of these different metrics on it. But when I talk about partner marketing, I'm talking about using it as a core strategy. And you're using a combination of influencers with social media. You're using affiliates to help you drive purchase intents when that makes sense. But partner marketing as a core strategy allows you to capture the value that these partners produce in a spherical way but that's not tangible or even attributed properly to revenue. And what I mean by that would be user engagements, traffic, email captures, increase in SEO rankings, just any type of activity that's kind of around your brand. And that's why partner marketing is so important to look at it that way as a core strategy. Otherwise, you're kind of just building channel by channel, paying for traffic, and you're not, you're not building kind of, well, you know, lack of a better word, an empire online, you know, it, it takes right. a lot longer. No, absolutely. Who would you consider a partner? Like if somebody was going out there and saying, listen, I love this. I really want to be involved. Don't know where to start. Who would you consider a, a partner? Well, that's why partner marketing is so exciting is because I look at a partner as a content promoter. Right. And so partner marketing can be translated into any type of industry, food manufacturing, plumbing uh, manufacturers. Um, I mean, you, B2B, B2C, SAS, like you know, SAS, like it can absolutely be used as a core strategy for anyone. Now, they have to define their partner ecosystem and then they identify those partners and they become their content promoter. Promoters. But to make it effective, you're building a partnership where they're supporting you every month and you're providing them with value that goes beyond dollars. And those are some, some of the real key points to building a very successful partner marketing strategy. That's wonderful. Very, very good. Now, to understand how to design a partner marketing program and campaigns, you know, they're very specific can you give us maybe a few examples? You've worked with uh, many different industries and many different partners. Maybe you give us a few examples in different industries of how it works. Well, let's say 
you know, let's say for example, a plumbing supply house uh, sells unique parts. Just give you an example. Like, you know, we can go from B to C, which is, you know, where we've generated just a ton of results, but all of these kind of outlier old school industries that are part of our day-to-day -day infrastructure um, need core strategies. And so, you know, they can sell parts locally, um, but now with Amazon and other kind of supply house platforms, they can build their network on a platform like LinkedIn, reach out to uh, potential uh, buyers, and then they would essentially launch an ebook is what I would recommend. Uh, get it on, on Amazon, get it on Kindle, do your research, find those core keywords, and then launch an Amazon store. So it's a, it's kind of a division to your existing business in, in that industry. So that's, and, and just keep in mind, plumbing supply is like one very small aspect of, you know, that infrastructure industry, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, is this more for branding or is it to drive sales? Mm, that's a great question. Every brand has to look in business, you know, it's a, has to look at it in three ways. So there's three buckets to inform, to establish credibility and to drive purchase intent. And it varies greatly by your ecosystem. Um, you know, for um, let's say renewable energy, you would be talking to the installers to drive the purchase intent, which is where all your promotions would go from the manufacturers, for example. When it comes to a new brand that's uh, selling this great new ballet outfit for eight-year-olds, you know, their focus is going to be on branding because they're doing so well on other marketplaces, but now they want to build a brand. So, and then as a result of where you want to focus is going to be how you're going to choose your partners. Um, and so identifying where your business is at uh, in those three buckets helps you to build out, you know, the partner types and, you know, the different variables you're going to track in order to measure success and then ultimately drive that bottom line revenue. How heavy of a lift is this in regards to implementation and how quickly can people expect to see results from this initiative? I mean, tough is always tough when you're on the outside of it, you know, um, but at the end of the day, when you've got email automation, um, you've got scraping tools out there using keywords, um, you've got LinkedIn, uh, there's just so many ways of doing it. I think the hardest part is the strategy and being unique in that strategy because what you want to remember, and this is how influencers have been able to command the type of dollars that they have, is that they can run a sponsored post, but all of the engagement is happening on their platforms and assets, right? So they're getting their user uh, engagement their followers, their keyword rankings, that's growing bigger and bigger and they're getting paid for it, rightfully so, because they do a lot of great work. But at the end of the day, the design of a partner marketing program and the way you run you know, a strategy um, is important. So for example, you, when you launch a post on LinkedIn, you wouldn't 
necessarily ask 10 people to write about you. I'm just giving you an example. You would say, here's my post from my LinkedIn page and I'm asking you to share it. Here are, you know, a few keywords you can choose from here, are, you know, 20 different hashtags and, and you want to build momentum around your content, but it's centered around your brand or your business. And therefore Google and other channels are recognizing, Hey, Brian.com's trending. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, because all the, the user interaction is happening around your business. And, and that's really key to designing um, a partner campaign and, and strategy. I love it. I love it. Now, I know you work with a lot of you know, in-house marketing managers, these companies and you know, VPs of marketing. Have they been receptive to the strategy or do they more often than not want to stick within their comfort zone? Oh, def there's definitely always going to be that stick to the comfort zone. But I think things are moving so quickly that they know and they don't know how, but they know they have to move forward. You know, one of my big strategies is to really start talking to the CEOs and really talk to them about their business. And then how do they translate that business model and then sit in with uh, the chief marketing officer. So, you know, they're on the same page in terms of, you know, how to drive it and innovate. Um, the vision of, of the CEOs. So um, it, everybody is still, not everybody, but it's still very channel driven. You know, it's very siloed. And a lot of that has to do with reporting. And, you know, people don't love analytics. It's just the word. Right. <laughs> with a new word, like fluffy bunny, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, but that's, that's, that's where the fun is. It's like, oh, look, this partner drove, you know, this much and now our keyword ranking is here and actually we've got this many followers and then ultimately it drove, you know, more people to uh, take our offer that's sitting over there on, um, on Retail Me Not or another coupon site or whatever the case may be. But Analytics is going to get you there and I think that's really a CEO conversation too. You know what I mean? Like they want that kind of BI. They, they want to see the intelligence and, and prove positive that they're getting an ROI on their marketing. No, absolutely. And I love the fact that you do that. You know, I always say that yeah, you can never stop at the first no. And you know what? You have to go through other channels sometimes and you have to go around the bend and, you know, question the person that's telling you no and you go to that CEO and you're speaking their language. I love the fact that you do that. It's so important. So many people give up too early. If you believe in something and you know your business, you have to fight for it because you're really yeah. essentially fighting for their business is basically what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and I that's love precisely that. Right. Yeah, that's precisely right. And you know, I've spent uh, 10 plus years working with the managers and the directors and then the CMOs. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I did come across the CEO and I didn't speak with him directly. It was for a very big brand, but he knew enough to say, okay, I want you to put a, you know, 500,000 in Q4 budget into affiliate. And the reason is, is that affiliate traffic is so much cheaper than any other traffic. So that would just drive a huge amount of traffic to their site. They get email captures, you know, you've got retargeting there. Like he, he, he knew. And just by him saying that, I was like, I like this guy because, <laughs> right. because he knew the difference, you know, but yeah, talking to the CEOs is, 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 so important. It is, and it's so cost-effective, this strategy. I mean, I don't know why mm -hmm. more people don't get behind it, probably because they don't understand it. That's probably what it is, but I'm glad that you're flying the flag and really educating people on what it is and showing them how effective it can be. Uh, now, here's a question. Should businesses put all their eggs 
in the partner marketing basket or does this complement their current initiatives? What do you think? Well, it definitely complements their current initiative and nobody should just run you know, in one direction. But I want to, you know, reemphasize that partner marketing should be the core strategy, right? And so what that really means is that, um, take Amazon, for example, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to work on a commission to put you on Amazon. Like that, it just is because it's just a moneymaker, you know? I mean, you have to have obviously the right qualities in order to qualify for that. A lot of paid channels, you will find the ones that have the analytics in place, that have done enough campaigns, they'll work on a commission. Um, they'll work on, you know, or, or maybe you could, partner marketing is a creative way of compensating. So maybe you're going to give them a certain amount of content that's going to help them and then they're going to work on a commission on this other, you know, for you for this other channel. Um, it has to be a fair exchange, meaning that, you, you know, if they're going to be promoting you, you want to help them save time, you want to provide them with your attention, you want to be responsive. And honestly, I find money is kind of, you know, I mean, it's important, but at the end of the day, we all have so many things going on. Um, I think that the ones that are most responsive, it's like, oh, great, there's the post, there's the hashtag, there's the, you know, that, that matches exactly my audience. You gave me the image, perfect. Oh, now I have the link. Okay, let's go, you know? Right. And then Kind of see what happens. Like you just have to line it up, be organized, and you've got a good partner marketing program there. Absolutely, and I, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit of the details surrounding your three-point campaign. Mm. Well, uh, you know, there's always going to be kind of a lapse, but at the end of the day, when you're talking about informing, you're looking for user engagement data, and you're looking for user engagement data on your assets on your site. So let's say, for example, I was going to do a giveaway and I'm just using that people hate giveaways and I don't recommend for everybody. It works for some, but I'm just using it as an example. Um, we're going to do a giveaway. Now, there's multiple ways you can do a giveaway. You could have the influencer do the giveaway on their social media page. You could do the giveaway on your social media page. You could do the giveaway on your site, but you're going to now use an app like Gleam, for example, which the user engagement actually happens on the Gleam domain. Does that make sense? So what happens is that you, when you look at how you would run the giveaway, you want the user engagement to help you because that user engagement tells Google that, hey, you just had 2,000 people just enter into your giveaway, but if it happens on the influencer's page or on their site using some third-party tool, you guess what? I wouldn't even do the giveaway at that point. But if I am going to run it and run the traffic to my site, have them click a link, which are essentially a clicks of vote within your page, and then go into Gleam and then you know ask the user to go subscribe to your YouTube channel or enter in their email or whatever the case may be to enter the giveaway. Now, you not only have you know the, the user engagement, but you have all the assets from the giveaway. But that's the design that comes in. To, to play in a very, very big way. No, absolutely. And I've seen people do just that. They do a giveaway and the people that obviously that aren't, uh, you know, the winner of that contest, you can absolutely use that list to drip market for other campaigns or for, for other offers, which is very, right. very important. 
Mm-hmm. And how, how, how important, uh, Kim, do you think right now are bloggers and influencers? Um, you know, I think that they're important, but you, there's metrics that everybody needs to be aware of. So number one, I would say about, this is me, you know, this isn't everything, but from what I observed, maybe 40% of the traffic in, in the form of clicks are actual clicks, maybe, um, because you have so many web crawlers out there. Right. You have right. so many harvesters that are being outsourced through Fiverr and micro. Uh, I forgot what the site is, but there's like 20 sites that I found. I listen to a lot of black hat um, videos on YouTube because you want to know how you really what metrics you're really getting. And um, influencers, they have a group, so they'll share amongst themselves to help that engagement. So it, they can have a million, but you, maybe your ROI isn't going to be there. I think that they're very important on the informed side of it as long as your campaign is structured properly and your, your content is good, right? Um, it's not that difficult to make good content. So with the combination of that, influencers are, but you, know, you, you definitely want to, you, you need to look at it as like the juice that you're getting from that influencer on your assets, not necessarily the sales. Everybody wants to go to the sales and partner affiliate influencer and it's some crush it at it, but that's really not what you should be going for on the informed stage. Sure. Who do you consider an influencer? Like what's a good, strong influencer? And it does it depend on the type of business that you have, the influencer that you want to partner with. Yeah, that's the latter for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, rolling up 10,000 installers in the Southeast uh, for, for renewable energy and uh, solar panels, those would be my influencers. That's who I would care about, right? Um, they have audiences. They could be micro audiences, but that's like your consumer. They're going to get your message out there. When it comes to uh, Amazon, you know, that's, it depends on the product, obviously. I like the mommy bloggers. They're authentic. They're um, fair in their pricing. Uh, they're very easy to get a hold of. Um, so you have to think about also is when you're choosing your partner is how responsive they are because you don't want to waste a lot of time on a list of 100 people that are, you know, were to respond and it's like you might get a response for one very quick question that you need like in three weeks. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. um, so everybody needs to be on the wheel of execution once the strategy has been laid out. And don't be afraid to say, hey, you know what? Sorry, this isn't working for me. Um, you know, I know you're great with other, other brands, but it's just not for me. You have to keep that and you want that constant support. You're not just looking for that one financial transaction. You want that monthly support. So you got to incentivize them. Definitely. Now, what do you say to a company out there who's either strapped as far as their marketing budget or they're a newer business, so they have limited funds? What do you think is the best social media platform to advertise on primarily, if you could pick one out of all of them? Well, um, for B2B, obviously, it would be LinkedIn. Uh, lowest price, incredible amount of views and very low amount of content there you know um there were facebook was when they you know 10 or what, seven years ago five years ago um so i would say definitely linkedin for b2b huge successes there um and then for b2c 
Facebook is great for groups. I am a big fan of groups and I'm a big fan of mommy bloggers for the right brand and business. Twitter I've had great success at with beauty uh, and cosmetics. And the thing about these social media is you want the momentum and they're rallying around hashtag, right? And it's not just one hashtag that would be Brian Olson, you know, hashtag Brian Olson that, you know, that's a great way to track, but it's not a hashtag that's going to hit new audiences. So you want people to, to share the same post, write their own post, and then, you know, repost the hashtag, um, and then favorably use keywords that are part of, you know, your profile, part of your site, things that are consistent like that. Awesome. I love it. Last couple of questions, Kim, before we wrap up. You know, you've got a very impressive client list. You know, what do you think the key was to landing those clients? Well, I was really right place at the right time in the right industry or the right part of the industry because, you know, affiliate marketing, everybody's always looking for new ways and affiliate marketing was all coupon and deal sites and everything. And um, I had a very successful campaign in the early years with just bloggers, tech bloggers. So in like three, four months, we were doing 500 leads, you know, a week or sorry, no, a month for them. And um, I took those learnings and translated it into uh, influencers. So what happened was I was already an affiliate. I worked with almost all the agencies. Um, I was an agency myself, actually. Um, I became friends with them, and then I started pitching influencer marketing, and nobody was doing it, and they weren't doing it through affiliate because that's where it made the most sense, right? It's a partner, or you've got tracking, and all of that stuff. Um, there were some key challenges on the tracking side of it because it was just, you know, cross-device, in-app, mobile, that type of thing. But it was because I was in affiliate marketing. Nice, nice. And how did you retain them? Because the reason I ask is, you know, many brands, they want to test before committing to full budget. A lot of these people do that. And, you know, retaining them and kind of growing the account is an art in and of itself. Maybe you had account managers, you know, frequent check-ins, under-promising, over-delivering. What do you think the secret sauce was to retaining those clients and really growing their business? Well, when I had the combination of the influencer with the affiliate, then it was very easy to retain. I, in fact, I still have clients from nine years ago. <laughs> um, but when I ran influencer campaigns, it was very transactional. Um, and that was just one of the things, it was one of the key challenges of running it back then because you didn't really get that insight into the vault, into all of the other intangible metrics that were driving the growth of the business overall in other channels like you know running a partner marketing and let's just say influencer or combination of influencer and affiliate you're going to have an increase in traffic you're going to have an increase in search volume you're having an increase in keyword ranking um if you use the keywords you know brand plus review uh when people enter into that that's a great way to establish credibility from a third-party source you know there was all of these different variables but they weren't being attributed or captured and when you look at affiliate marketing and when you're tracking influencer through affiliate it was just dollars do you see what I'm saying right so 
when I had um, my clients that were both affiliate and influencer, I had their analytics. I saw the growth happening across all of their channels. We could make an impact running a giveaway because, you know, using high trending words, but I could see how the overall growth of products because I had access to the data. So now it's more, which I think it's a little too bad because a lot of people are like, oh, well, we'll just give you a coupon code and that's fine if you want to track sales and obviously everyone wants sales, but you want that long-term strategy, right? You want to, you want that influencer, you want to identify that they work, that they helped you on across all of your channels, that they did drive revenue, they increased your emails and you want them to do it for you over and over and over again add boosting budget, you know, give them the content, whatever the case may be. But people are still very transactional, very transactional. And that comes from, you know, paid advertising. You know, I'm going to put two, $2 in and I want five back or, you know, whatever the case may be. But they're pricing themselves out of the marketplace because $17 a click and for startups and younger ones, I mean, it's a big risk for them to do it that way. So It really is. And I guess the bottom line is if, Businesses out there are ready to increase their brand awareness and drive sales, partnership marketing, influencer marketing, affiliate marketing, definitely the place to start. I mean, you can't yeah. deny the impact totally. it really makes. Now, Kim, it's been Absolutely. fantastic. Love having you. Any last words of wisdom or anything you want to leave with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just want to make sure that, you know, everyone tries to look at partner marketing as a core strategy and that don't discount, you know, don't look at the audiences and vanity metrics only, you know, get on a call, get on a conversation, make a connection with them. If they're, you know, they're willing to work with you, there's creativity there. You know, there's some really great partners out there for every type of business. And I don't care what side of what industry you're in. I, you could be in utilities. Partner marketing works for everyone. So, um, you know, have fun and, uh, and I appreciate you having me. Awesome. Now, Kim, one last question. It's a personal question just to get to know you a little bit better. You're on an island for the rest of your life. You can only bring one book, one movie, and one album. What would they be? One book, one movie, and one album. <laughs> uh, you know, that really would depend on my moods, but let's see, one book. I guess Marcus Aurelius was the, my favorite one, the Penguin version. Um, nice. Just from yeah, just from his life and his it's his diary. So, one movie, um, the hero's journey, is probably my favorite one recently. Nice, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, that's free on Netflix and uh, or oh, sorry on YouTube. And then and what, what was it? The third one? Uh, the album. Pearl Jam, um, and and. It's multiple albums, <laughs> so I'll just yeah. say the first. <laughs> there you go. I love it. Kim, it's been great. How can people get in touch with you, utilize your services, learn more about you, and connect? Um, LinkedIn's the best way to do it. It's just LinkedIn forward slash Kim Adolph, and the last name is A-D-O-L-P-H. Um, that's how you spell it, so you can always just message me, connect with me, and love to talk to you. Wonderful. Kimberly, it's been great. Loved having you on, learned a ton, and I'm sure the audience will definitely benefit from this. Let's stay in touch, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Sounds good, Brian. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye.
Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line. 